0: Would you turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2? Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. You picked a good Sunday to be here because we're in part 2 of our series entitled Awaiting. It's our Advent series because Advent literally means awaiting. We are awaiting the return of Jesus. And today, we're going to light a little bit later. i got some friends that are going to help me light the candle of peace. In fact, I want to talk about... The subject of peace today, and we're going to look, we're going to start at Luke chapter 2, verse 1. You know, Luke chapter 2 is one of the most famous words around Christmas time. I mean, Luke's ac- uh, account of Jesus' birth... The saying of it in, uh, to the shepherds, it's just, you, you're going to hear this before. So none of us have probably heard this for the first time today, but we have a lot to unpack in it today. So let's read together. Let, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, I'm going to read it. Verse 1 says this, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that ascensions should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He's God. He's the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Right up front, they only needed one angel to communicate a message. Yet we find that this message isn't just being communicated, but it demanded a response of a heavenly host of angels that burst out in song. What is that about? What does that have to do with us today? I want to unpack that today as we talk about awaiting peace. We are awaiting peace. Can we pray? Father, thank you so much for these incredible people that stand in front of me and maybe are also watching online. God, I ask today that you would use me to communicate what you want to say to everybody in this room. Lord, let us never be the same today. In Jesus' name, somebody said amen. I don't know about you, but when I look at our world, and I look at, as I look at the landscape and culture that we live in, I can't help but respond with this sense of almost a prayer saying, God, we need peace, right? I mean, you just see nation against nation, and there's wars and, and rumors of wars as the Bible would talk about, and I mean, this is the most uh, diverse election we have ever had in the history of our country. I mean, this is, this is rough that we're in front of. It. You think about uh, our, our kids, I mean, uh, the schools and, and our middle schools and our high schools and our elementary schools. I mean, there's no way our, our marriages, our, our communities, are, I mean, just, just last week, the Ohio State University shooting. I mean, you just go right down the line, and I think we all can come in agreement that our world needs peace. Am I in the right room this morning? Our world needs peace, y'all. All and we don't need some superficial Instagram-filtered peace. We don't just need some circumstances to kind of get by. I'm not talking about peace in the sense of, like, let's have a spa day next Saturday and just get away from our circumstances. There's a deeper peace that I believe that God wants to give to you and to me today. In fact, even Paul says in Romans 8, he says that our, our, the world is literally groaning for this peace, You know why? Because we, as humans, are sinners. We're sinners. We've fallen short of God's glorious design. We are sinners. We are in sin. You know what our sin does? It separates us from God. And it brings injustice to our lives, it brings pain, it brings hurt, it brings grief, disease, decay, that's all a result of sin, that's not a result of God. Right. You know, but the biggest disease that we have is not some cancer or some, or some issue, it is our souls right now are separated from God until we come to his saving grace. That is where we are as humanity. We are at war with God, whether we realized it or not and thank God that he sent his son to be a peace offering for that war that we are with God. This is why Luke chapter two is so animated here, and this is why the angels are flipping out in heaven because peace is now being made known to the world that even though humanity may have war with God, there now has showed up on the building, peace has entered the room. He's come up to our floor, he's stepping off the elevator, and he has entered into humanity which demanded a response from heaven, saying this isn't like any other message. Peace has showed up in the building. Godly peace has showed up in the building. And you know, there is a difference between worldly peace and godly peace worldly peace is uh, if you have your handout uh, you'll see that on your notes worldly peace is simply uh, this is uh, according to google by the way google's dictionary uh, it's a freedom from disturbance it's a freedom from war or or violence it's it's external by by nature it's an, it's a it's it's worldly peace and the best way i could say it is i got a picture of a of a couple generals here and Right here, there's a a peace agreement that's being signed to bring external peace to the moment even though their hearts still have anger inward. That would be a worldly peace. It's that even though we have hatred in our hearts, we are gonna sign something that externally gives us peace. That would be worldly peace. Godly peace, we find the the Hebrew word shalom find the Greek word Irene, and that Hebrew word shalom, many of us have probably heard it before, but it means peace, and it means an inward peace even in the midst of external circumstances. In other words, it's not a circumstantial peace. We can have godly peace that isn't defined by our circumstances, which leads me to my main point today that I wanna tell you is this, is no matter what your circumstances are, or no matter how bad your circumstances get, you can have godly peace through Jesus. Only some of you got it right there. Let me say it again. No matter how bad your circumstances, this is for your neighbor. Just look to your neighbor right now and they say, this is for you, all right? Now look back at me. Let me say it again. No matter how bad your circumstances get, no matter how bad the doctor report was, no matter how bad the issues might be, you can have godly peace, not just worldly peace, you can have inward peace of God, the completeness of God in your life through Jesus. You say, I don't believe you. Well, then stick around. Don't leave right now because I'm going to give you three reasons. I'm going to prove it to you. I pray I prove it to you down in your spirit that you walk out of here looking at your circumstances completely differently because the peace of God has washed you new. That's what I've been praying for this week as we pray. So here's number one, all right? The first reason why you can have godly peace no matter how bad your circumstances get is number one is this. If you're filling out any notes on your handout, because Jesus is the prince of peace. I'm not saying that as some cliche thought. Listen to me, let me unpack this. Isaiah 9, the prophet Isaiah, almost 730 years before Jesus showed up on the building, before he entered humanity, Isaiah prophesied these words about Jesus. He said, for unto us a child is born, to unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. He's a Wonderful Counselor. He will be called Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Let me be clear today. He's not just a reflection of peace. He's not just a prototype of peace. He's not just an image of peace, he is peace. He's not just peace, he's the prince of it. He owns it, he has authority over it, he delegates it. He's responsible for it, which tells me today That you can only find this type of godly peace through Jesus, not outside of Jesus. I want to be clear today. There is godly peace available to you, but there's a decision that you need to make in order to receive it. Because God's peace is not for everyone. In fact, Luke chapter two would say it very clearly. It says, on whom his favor rests. On who receives his son in. That's where we receive the peace of God. You see, your biggest battle today is not just peace with man. It's our war with God. And I want to tell you today that you won't win that battle. In fact, you couldn't win that battle. And that is why God sent his son. That is why Jesus showed up. That is why we're worshiping so dang passionate today. Because he's such a good God. Because we should have been left to our sin. You should be left to destruction. You should be left to hell. I don't know. Let's let's not forget where we've come from. But because of God's grace and because of his mercy, I can be right with God. I can receive the peace of God that can rest my soul in him. I'm preaching better than you're shouting, but it's all good. Hey, Paul Paul said in Romans 5.1, he said, therefore... Since we have been justified through faith, we now have the peace of God. These are undervalued words, right? They are undervalued to have the shalom of God. People would give up so much. Have the peace of God that transcends all understanding. So powerful. I can't contain it. I want to run out this building right now. (laughs) Number two. All right. Had some coffee today. Reason number two why you can have peace, no matter what your circumstances are, is because Jesus wants you to have his peace now. Let me prove it to you in the scriptures. Can you turn with me to John chapter 14? If you have your handout, I, I have it there available for you. Let me set up some context here. Jesus is on his final night before he goes to the cross and dies for your sin and for my sin. If you never thought you were worth anything, you know, you, de- you, de- you determine somebody's worth by what the price was paid for it. And Jesus gave his life for you. And on his final night, he shares this moment with his disciples. I don't know about you, but on my final night, we would be going to where I wanna eat. We'd be eating the steak dinner that I wanna eat. We would be talking about what I wanna talk about. I would be trying to figure out my own peace in that moment. Yet our Savior, listen to what he says. I, I, I wish I had time to read the whole chapter to you. I wish I had time to read the whole Bible to you, but I don't. Look at this. He says, remember, he's about to go to the cross. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, have I... Would I have not told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? Oh my, I'm like, if I was one of the disciples, you're talking about heaven now? You talk about just awaiting that he's already getting us beyond ourselves. And he says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm gonna come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know that the way to the place where I am going, and Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. Jesus answered, he said, I am the way. I'm the truth. Almost looking at Thomas saying, did you miss why the angels were flipping out in Luke 2? (laughs) Obviously, they didn't have all that figured out yet with scripture passages. Are we missing the narrative? Pieces showed up in the building. And he wants to show up in your building and to your room and to our community and to this city. The peace of God is here. And in verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Right, we already talked about the differences. He said, I do not give to you as the world gives, so don't be troubled, don't be afraid. What blows me away is that Jesus was going to the cross to pay for ultimate peace for humanity, yet he wanted them to even have it on that night. In other words, it wasn't just something distant, it was also something immediate. God doesn't just want you to have peace someday. He wants you to have it today. Yes. Yes. He wants you to have it now. It's one thing for him to be the prince of peace. It's another thing for him to leverage that authority on your behalf. I need somebody to help me out. Who's a, who's a dad in the room? All right, Tim, what is your child's name? Daniel Anthony Stewart. That's a good name right there, man. All right, Tim, let me ask you something. If I had $10 million, and we'll take it, Pastor Seth. Uh, If I had had $10 million, and I came to you, and I have the ability to pay for your son's college, that's one thing, right? It's a whole nother thing when I take you out to dinner, shift over a checkbook, and say I want to pay for your college. It's one thing to be the Prince of Peace and have the ability to offer peace. It's a whole nother thing for that person that has the ability to then have the motivation to meet us in our need even when we rebel against him. He's that good of a God and this might be a good moment just to give him some praise if you'd like to. Isn't he worth it? Come on, he's good. Y'all lucky I didn't listen to TD Jakes this week because I would have been, boy, would have been. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> Shalom is available for you today. Right. And maybe you feel like. They, everything's been given up on you. Maybe you feel like nobody cares about you. I'm here to tell you today that somebody cares about you. I'm here to tell you that there is shalom for you today. I'm here to tell you that Jesus has had paid high price for you to experience his freedom, for you to experience his peace today. And I'm here to tell you that there's a church body that cares about you. There are small groups that want to embrace you. This is a place where you can find and be in the peace of God. Amen. <laughs> Number three, all right, third reason why you can have peace no matter what your circumstances are is because, I love this, because Jesus is bringing ultimate peace when he returns. All right, I might just, this is is crazy. Jesus first came as a man, but he's coming back as a king. And he ain't some wimpy king, all right? He ain't some, he ain't some, I'm gonna say that I said his first ever. He ain't some skinny jean wearing v-neck guy, all right? I'm just saying, maybe, I don't know. He's a strong dude. All right? He's the king of kings. He's God almighty and he is coming back again. You better believe it. And he's coming to bring ultimate peace on the planet. And every injustice is gonna be made right. Every disease is gonna, is gonna go. Come on, this is our blessed hope. This is what we, this is what this series is all about, is that we are awaiting the glorious return of Jesus. Right. He's so good. I gotta read some scripture, I can't contain it. I'm having too much fun up here, man. Revelation 19 gives us a glimpse of Jesus' return. Says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, not a white boy. <laughs> who had red hair, about six foot three, and glasses. <laughs> Says, whose rider is called faithful and true. With justice, not our justice, not cheating the system, not man made justice, pure justice. Perfect justice. He judges and he wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. That's just bad. That's just one bad dude right there. Man, I love that. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. And coming out of his mouth was a sharp sword, which strikes down the nations. He will roll them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has written this name. He's the King of Kings. And he's the Lord of Lords. This is our God. Come on. You want to just take five seconds and just give God a praise this morning? Come on, he good. Come on. And I'm here to tell you, man, one day, every knee is going to bow. One day, every tongue is going to confess. Every hip-hop rapper, every CEO, every president, everyone, everybody is going to at some point. But the beauty of being a believer is that not only do we get his peace, at some point we can receive his peace today. He's so good. Let me read another Passage that talks about another one from Revelation talks about the effects that it will have on you if you if you are a follower of Jesus and you will have an opportunity to receive Him as your Lord and Savior today. He says, "Never again will you hunger." I mean, this day is coming. This is so incredible. Never again will you thirst. The sun will not beat down on them. Thank God. I'm always putting on sunscreen. nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He leads us beside still waters. He comforts our soul. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for he is with us. He's our shepherd. That wasn't just for that moment. That's also a prophetic word to us throughout our life. He is our shepherd. And he calls us to shepherd others. He so says gonna lead us, lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Every pain, every challenge, he will wipe it wipe away. You know what this tells me? What does this mean to us? Whatever circumstance or challenge you're going through today, you can have peace. You can have godly peace through Jesus. You wanna why? Because either he's gonna change it on this side of earth, of heaven, or on the other side, but it will be changed. That injustice against you will be made right. That pain that you're feeling will go away. Death does not get the end game. Death does not get the last say. Our God conquered death. He overcame it through the cross. So good. I can't contain it. So let me, let me end with, with just a, a small application. My goal today wasn't to give you a how-to. I wanted to preach the why. I wanted to take today and tell you why you can have Godly peace. You know how to pray. If we ever go through some challenges, we know, we know how to do that. But I do want to give you one small scripture here that is so potent and packed with application. Paul teaches us how do we approach our struggles? How do you approach your struggles and challenges today? We're talking about white thrones, we're talking about redheads, we're, you know we're just, what do you do? Paul Paul teaches us in Philippians 4. Some of you already know this passage. Let me give some context real quick. Paul is in a jail cell, chained in horrible circumstances, and we're about to read what he reads. I don't know about you, but if I was in a jail cell and I had an opportunity to write a letter to a church, I would not pin what he said. I would say something like, get me out of here tomorrow, today. I would like a drink of water, right? But listen to what he talks about as he thinks about the shalom of God. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. I never noticed this before, but he says, the Lord is near. That's what this series is all about is that not only is God with us today, but he's near, he is coming back again, and we are awaiting him, and even in the midst of that understanding that he is near, he says, don't be anxious about anything, because you know what, we can pray for healing today, and let let me be clear for a moment. We will believe with you and you should be believing for healing and miracles and signs and wonders like crazy. We are full of faith. We wanna see God perform miracles. We do not like the pain in our bodies. We hate cancer. We hate injustice. Those are works of the enemy. They are not works of God. I wanna be clear. We are people full of faith. But you know what? Sometimes they don't change. And even when they don't change, I can still have peace because they will change at some point. And so because of that, I don't have to be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, God, I present my request to you, and the Bible says, in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it will guard your hearts. You know why it can guard your hearts? Because its ruler is the Prince of Peace, and that's Jesus. And when you call on his name in the the shower, when you call on his name in a moment of weakness, when you call on his name as you're driving down the road, when you lay your hand down on your child at night as you pray God's protection over them, as they have to go out and conquer the world for his name, you know what? When you pray in Jesus' name, that Prince of Peace begins to guard your heart. It begins to guard your mind. He's so good. So good. And so no matter how bad your circumstances get, You can have godly peace through Jesus because he's the Prince of Peace, because he wants to give you peace now, and because ultimately when he returns, there will be ultimate peace on this planet. Wow. What would it look like if we did this? What would it look like if we received the peace of God? What areas in your life do you need to surrender over to him in order to receive his peace? I wanna conclude with this picture message that I'm gonna show you in just a second. A buddy of mine is going through the most challenging and painful season, season of his life. We've been texting and, and I text him this message and can we put it up on the screen? I said, hey man, I said, the, in the blue is me. I said, sorry man, I said, don't, just don't give up. And listen to what he said, this, this wraps up my whole sermon right here. There's so much theology in this little two sentence text message. He said, you know what, Glenn? I know that Jesus is already on the other side of this, just trying to remain steady so I can see him in it. I know that either he's going to change it now or he's going to change it later, but, but I'm okay. I just got to see him in it. God, help us to see you in it. Help us to be full of faith, not just when Moments are good, but when also when moments are challenging. You know, this message lends itself to not necessarily a four-step application. I think it leads us to an altar. I think it leads us to a moment of, God, I can't do this without you. God, I, I'm hearing that there is peace that transcends all understanding, but I'm not receiving it. And you know what you don't do is you don't walk out of here working harder for it. That's not the gospel. That's not the good news of Jesus. It's that you, res- you surrender more to it. And if you'd be willing to surrender your life, first of all, over to Jesus, that peace of God is going to fill your heart and, and surrender those challenges and those attitudes. And this isn't just a one session thing. This is all the time, right? That's what Paul's talking about there. And I want to see you walking out of here overcoming, overflowing with peace in your lives. Can we pray? God, in just a second, I'm going to pull out a, ask everybody to pull out a connection card. and Lord, I'm asking every person in the room to take a next step in you. Lord, I pray right now, would you reveal to us steps that we can take towards you? God, maybe there's somebody in this service, just like last service, and she walked up to me and said, I surrendered my life to God. I was at war with him, but I, I received God into my life. Lord, if if there be one person in here, man, this is all worth it. God, I pray if there be anybody in here that's at war with you. Lord, for those that just need to take next steps, there's worry and there's doubt, there's anxiety and there's fear. God, I pray that you would fill them today as they surrender it over to you. In Jesus' name.